Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Natalie Kaminsky. She's the co-founder and CEO at Jet Rockets. Natalie, welcome to the show. Hi, Kelsey. Very good to be here. Yeah, excited to have you. So, Natalie, why don't you start and tell us a little bit about yourself? Gladly. So, um, I was born in the former Soviet Union, in the Russian part. Um, and when I was about two years old, my family moved to Ukraine, where I spent part of my childhood. Uh, towards the end of the, so the existence of Soviet Union, um, right around 1990, my family immigrated to Israel, where I actually grew up. You know, that's where... It was an amazing time. This is where I went to school. This is where I skipped school, running to the beach with my friends. This is where, you know, I really, I, I felt that's where my personality really came through. And then at the end of 18, uh, at the end of 1998, at the age of 18, I moved to the United States of America and I ended up in Minneapolis of all places. You know, that was a, quite an adjustment going from, you know, the warm seas of Israel and right into, you know, October in Minneapolis. That was not fun. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm kind of fasting a bit forward, right? Um, I, I, I spent about 10 years of my career, you know, starting in 1998 and all the way through 2008, I spent my career working as a software engineer, quality assurance manager, business analyst, project manager, and, you know, so on and so forth. I pretty much learned everything about the software development lifecycle. And towards the end of my corporate career, I spent two or three years running a small company similar to Jet Rockets. I was the chief operating officer. And that taught me the business of software development. So when in 2009, I finally decided to go out on my own, first freelancing and then into founding my own business, I kind of felt like I had both sides, you know, knowing what software development is, but also learning a bit about what the business of software development was. Mm -hmm. And today I live in Brooklyn, uh, New York with two daughters, ages 17 and nine, and my husband. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. It sounds like you've had, you know, a really fascinating journey bringing you to where you are now. So now you're co-founder and CEO of Jet Rockets. Tell me a little bit about Jet Rockets. Thank you. So Jet Rockets is a software development company at a nutshell. We build custom software, web, and mobile applications. We specialize in a really, you know, well thought out niche is helping non-tech founders. We love working with non-tech founders, uh, helping them launch their technical platforms. I mean, I believe that working with non-tech founders adds on the one hand a level of complexity because, you know, you want to make sure that you do just enough handholding to educate your clients along the way. But it also adds this whole level of passion and, and, and fascination with the development process that really rubs off of you. So, you know, uh, my, my, my employees, as well as I myself, we, we get excited with every new project we undertake and just seeing our clients really rooting for the success of their ideas and mm -hmm. how we take, you know, take this product from ideation and then to development and on to launching is really incredible and very satisfying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you're talking about the different services that Jet Rockets offered, I noticed you mentioned, you know, software and web development. Does that include like mobile development, product design, things like that as well? 
Absolutely. Yes. So we do both web platforms as well as mobile platforms. I mean, most of our clients end up having both because you must, right? Especially if you have a software as a service platform. I mean, you want to make sure you're accessible everywhere. So typically, I think about 80% of cases we start off on the web and then expand into mobile development. Uh, some projects are mobile only. Um, but uh, yeah, but we do both. Yeah. Interesting. And you mentioned something that I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into, you know, in your, in your last statement, talking about building and fostering that leadership with your employees. And, you know, as CEO, I imagine, you know, that, that is, you know, a great feat having people take control kind of of their own jobs the leadership and fostering that within themselves. How do you work to do that? Well, you know, it kinda, it's kind of, it's a long journey and it's a never ending journey, right? Because as we grow, we always have to not only continue to maintain that, but also to educate and teach our new employees about how to uh, become more accountable and take on more responsibility. It really started around when Jet Rockets reached, I mean, maybe 30, 35 employees. We found that on the one hand, we really wanted to be kind of a small company, you know, continuing to do things very casually. Uh, but at the same time, we also understood that a little bit more accountability had to take place. And so we started implementing what is known as teal organizational principles, you know, where you empower your employees to really just own, like through ownership of their work, right? So the way we do it is um, every project is considered like it's its own, you know, like really its own small entity within Jet Rockets. So every project, every client we work with has a dedicated team that is led by a combination of a project manager and a tech, technical lead on the team and has as many engineers, quality assurance, people, designers as a certain project requires, right? So some teams could be very small, maybe four or five people. And some teams we have in our company are much larger, 18 people at times. And within that, they truly operate on their own. I mean, myself and my co-founders, like the, the, the leadership team isn't really involved in a day-to-day -day business. We don't have to be. Our job is to serve our people and service them by providing the you know necessary resources, removing hurdles, but decisions about how to do their work and you know when to take vacations and then and, and, and you know times to have meetings and how those those meetings are held is really up to the team themselves to decide. Now it sounds perfect, right? Like it sounds amazing, but it also requires a lot of um, accountability, right? So if, if, if an employee is going to enjoy this freedom, uh, they also have to be accountable. And it's, it's a fine line to toe sometimes, right? Uh, you you want to give plenty of freedom, but you also want to make sure that, you know, your clients are happy. Mm -hmm. So we have certain built-in processes to ensure that we actually run right now. We've been running on um, a system called EOS. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if you guys read the book called Traction, if you haven't, I highly recommend. It really allows to hone in on this whole concept of accountability and, and, and ownership of your work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've I appreciate that, you know, your fostering of, of that, you know, sense of ownership and, and leadership. And, you know, you often hear people say, you know, that, oh, our company's a family, our company's a family. Talk to me a little bit about your views on that. 
Yeah, well, I used to say that, you know, when we were five people and it sounded very cool and very heartwarming. But then as as we grew, I, I understood that, no, I don't want my company to be my family. I have a family. You know, I have my wonderful husband, my daughters, my, my, my parents, my extended family, my friends, right? Like my friends who are my extension of my family. My company is really is my community. And that's how I want it to be. You know, a community of like-minded people who have shared values, who have shared desires and who have shared goals, whether through delivering a certain product right now or a long, longer term goal of, you know, building a larger, more successful, more revenue generating business. And that's how we try to position ourselves within Jet Rockets is Jet Rockets is really community. Mm -hmm. um, Another thing to keep in mind is that, you know, when you say your company is a family, that means it's very difficult to let anybody go ever, mm -hmm. right? And as a business owner, you, you you understand that sometimes situations happen. I mean, sometimes company outgrows a person, a person or the person outgrows the company, who knows, right? But sometimes you have to say goodbyes for whatever reason. And if it were your family, it would be impossible to do so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I, I really prefer to view this whole concept of... Um, you know, uh, cohesiveness within an organization mm -hmm. or from a standpoint of a community. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And do you think, you know, kind of going back to your emphasis on ownership and, you know, really owning that, that sense of work within your community, do you think that's one of the ways that Jet Rockets is really able to differentiate itself? I imagine there's a few reasons and you can elaborate on those, but do you think that's one of the reasons that, or how rather Jet Rockets is really able to separate itself from its competition? I certainly like to think so, you know, um, you know, the way I see it is there's always going to be another company that is able to pay more, right, as far as salary. Um, but I think the sense of community that we've been able to build and maintain and encourage within the company allows us to know that we're not just going to start losing people to somebody else who's offered to, you know, mm -hmm. who's able to offer extra hundred bucks to their salary, right? Uh, so it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be paying well. Of course, we should be paying our people well, but that, you know, that salary should not be the only reason why people stick around. So that's, I'd say that's number one. But also, you know, if you look at the broader uh, kind of picture, you know, our community goes beyond just the employees within the company. It also extends out to our customers, to the people we work with. Uh, we are huge on transparency and collaboration. Those are, two, uh, you know, two over five values. Uh, and we, you know, we, we want to make sure that our clients, when they work with us, they feel belonging to this community, right? We develop partnership, long-term relationship. Um, I always say that it's so easy to replace a vendor. It's almost impossible to replace a partner. So Ooh, I like so that. Try a lot. to achieve partnership. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. And, you know, I'm curious, kind of circling back to Jet Rockets a little bit, do you find trends in who tends to work with Jet Rockets more than others? Yes, you know, and it's, it's that's a really good question because we've tried to go against this trend, and I will mention the trend in a minute, but uh, we've tried to go against it several times by hiring people outside of this certain box, if you will, and it just like never works out. <laughs> <laughs> so we just have to just own it, right? So uh -huh. it, it appears that um, people who are, we don't care so much about their current technical skill level, mm -hmm. right? Because people may be, it may be a junior engineer applying for his or her first position 
honestly, or maybe second job ever, right? Out of college, maybe, or maybe even didn't graduate college. It doesn't matter. What we're looking for um, is passion for technology, mm -hmm. right? I want this person to be passionate about learning new things and really appreciating the ability to build something from nothing, mm -hmm. right? So this passion to learn technology. Um, cultural fit is more important than anything else, honestly. You know, people who are capable of working alone, but prefer to work in a team. Mm. Collaboration is key. Unfortunately, we've had situations where we had very strong uh, staff members with whom we had to part ways because we're, they were just not doing good job collaborating with their teammates. You know, mm. either they were not available for mentorship they were not responsive. They were, and again, they were delivering their work. You know, if you look on the surface, you see, you know, the tasks were done, high mm -hmm. quality, everything is great. But if you start digging a little bit deeper, they never communicated with their teammates. They were not available for questions. They were not willing to, um, you know, participate in our educational sessions or just, you know, just, just, just random company meetings. So, and that is very important to us. So, um, I would always hire a junior passionate engineer over a seasoned kind of, you know, loner who only cares about just being in their own tiny lane. Hmm, interesting. I think that's, you know, that provides really interesting insight into, you know, again, that ownership um, and wanting to create that community and create, you know, hiring people and fostering that community within Jet Rockets. I think that's terrific. And, you know, looking at your clients and your partners as well, do you see trends in your clients, whether it be certain industries or anything like that? Well, like I mentioned, you know, we tend to focus on non-tech founders. Uh, mm -hmm. We do extremely you know, working with non-tech founders specifically, it requires a certain level of finesse. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think we've honed on those skills quite a bit. And mm -hmm. it was never an intention from the beginning. You know, we kind of fell into this niche because we were taking on, you know, when we were starting, we'll take on any project that we're willing to pay, just like any mm -hmm. other business, right? And, but over time, we've noticed that we really get passionate about working with non-tech founders. Not mm -hmm. only are they passionate for their product, their passion is really, it really rubs off. And so mm -hmm. you can tell, you can look at the team, like everyone is just really, really rooting for the, the, the product they're building to succeed. You know, I think that there is, it's, it's very difficult for a developer, for an engineer to work on a product that kind of never sees the light of day, mm. right? And, um, because you want to see the result of your hard work, right? Mm -hmm. So you want you want to see that these people are passionate, these people are willing to invest into marketing, user acquisition, and they're, you know, they'll be screaming and yelling about their new platform and every corner of LinkedIn and everywhere, everywhere else, right? And you want to see that passion. And when mm -hmm. you do, you want to work even harder for them. Mm -hmm. And so I'd say that's that's our sweet spot. Yeah. I think that's terrific. And, you know, I'm curious when we're talking about these non-tech, you know, founders, what would you say the biggest challenges they, they have before they start working with Jet Rockets? Is it proactive? Is it reactive? What would you say? Oh, so many, you know, there's so many challenges. I actually do a webinar on the topic. I'm happy to share that with you later, but um, one of the biggest challenges I see is, um, people not having a clear go-to-market strategy before investing even $1 into development. 
And, you know, I, I, I want to, you know, for your listeners, I'd like to hear loud and clear. Do not spend even one cent with a development company before you have a very clear understanding of what you're building, mm-hmm. who is your target audience, and how you're going to sell it. Mm-hmm. If you want mm-hmm. to invest money, invest it into a professionally well-thought-out go-to-market plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because not only is it going to verify your idea even before you make a larger investment, but it's also going to help you focus during your development process. It's going to help you eliminate all these, oh, how about this feature and that feature? You know, you know exactly what you need to build and you know exactly what your people, your, your audience is going to be willing to pay for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So lack of clear understanding of taking your product to market is, I think, is hurdle number one and is the biggest killer of all great ideas. Um, second is, you know, making poor decisions when looking for a development partner. Clearly, <laughs> you know, um, I think that majority of non-tech founders typically when thinking about hiring a vendor, they focus on thing number one, which is cost. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to pay little as possible. Unfortunately, that often results in bad decisions and lots of lost money. Um, so, you know, I recommend looking at different things such as, is your vendor, do you feel like this potential vendor is a long-term partnership candidate? right? Are they just looking at your product as it is right now with the idea of I'm just going to build that product and move on to the next? Or is the potential vendor in it with you to stay in for the long term? And some of the ways you can tell is if you have an idea for a product and you send your, you know, RFP or, you know, your technical specification document over to your vendor and the vendor comes back and they say, oh, we can do all of this and this is how much it's going to cost. Well, this is a red flag immediately because typically, and I can guarantee you 100% of the time, a lot of what you're asking, you don't really need. Mm. So look out for vendors who kind of yes you, you know, quote unquote, like, yes, 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 we can do all of this. Look for vendors who are asking you questions and potentially questioning your requirements. Mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting about, you know, your your take on the go-to-market because I was doing a podcast a few months ago and the gentleman said, you can't get to the line if you don't know where the line is. And it sounds really simple. Sounds really simple. But what it's so true when you're saying like, you know, if you don't have a clear strategy, how, how you can't even start to, to try to get there. Right. Um, so I think that's, you know, an, an interesting take. And I really also like your opinion on you know, the, just the, the process and, you know, saying yes, people who say yes too often get that pushback because, you know, like Jet Rockets, Jet Rockets sees, you know, non-tech founders all the time. That's your specialty. Sometimes it's the the founder's first time really venturing into kind of this process. So to be able to have the experts like, like you folks at Jet Rockets to say, well, hold on, let's, let's question that a little bit more. I imagine that just provides, you know, a world of guidance and, and consultation that they weren't even expecting. 
Absolutely. And that's, that's my goal. You know, my goal is not just to take on your project, make a quick buck right now and move on to the next great idea. Mm-hmm. My goal is to make you successful. And if you know, and if you want to make be successful, you have to be thinking long-term mm-hmm. and long-term, not only do you need to be thinking about the product itself, but you also need to be thinking about your runway. How much, you know, how much money are you willing to sink into this development today versus over the next six months? And do you really need to build all these bells, bells and whistles to prove a point? Probably not, right? So um, we, we make it we, we make it our kind of goal is to guide you and help you with that road mapping and you know and and really help you along that 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 way. Um, but to your earlier point, yeah, you know that gentleman who said about the line. If you don't know where the line is, you know one thing I sometimes see. Luckily, with our guidance, less often than I used to, mm-hmm. is when. Um, let's say we're working on a project and we're done, right? We're finished. We developed everything and we're ready to launch. And the client comes back and says, you know what? I just thought of one more feature and then one more feature and then two more features. And then if only we had this functionality, we'd be successful. That is, I saw it like some in the past, I can think of a few clients that we went through this process with. And this is indicative of me of, the, the client is really scared of failure. So he's trying, he or she are trying to do everything possible to prolong the development cycle, right? So my job at this point is just to put my, put my foot down and say, no, we're done. We're going to launch it as it is today. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. I imagine, you know, that also requires a lot of trust that has been built over the, the course of the relationship to say, you know, hey, you did great. The, the development's great. You know, it's okay to launch your baby, right? <laughs> to the yep. to the non-tech founders. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, again, it doesn't mean that we would never build this or feature mm-hmm. or that feature. It just means that we don't need to delay, you know, the release into the big world and, you know, client acquisition, et cetera. But that's something, again, that's something my team knows how to do. And that's, that's what we specialize in is to making sure these founders are successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Natalie, I'm curious to pick your brain a little bit. Um, you know, when I when I ask this question, feel free to take it any way, any direction that you know you that comes to mind. But do you often hear any common misconceptions? You know, maybe not necessarily about jet rockets, maybe about the industry, maybe about development in general. Any common misconceptions that you tend to hear either from clients or anybody else? Absolutely. God, there's so many. I mean, my industry has a very bad rap. <laughs> <laughs> So for, uh, you know, for starters, uh, people often think that companies like mine, especially with offshore uh, development centers, we just kind of like slave houses, you know, we just employ low paid, underqualified people that we really don't care about. And all we care about is making like high margins. That's, I mean, and there's probably certain truth to that, right? And there are companies who really engage in those practices, but Jet Rockets is very far from that, from the truth. I mean, we really value our employees. And, uh, you know, last year we've spent a good amount of money helping our employees relocate out of Russia, Belarus, and Ukraine in the beginning of the war. Um, and, you know, we truly care about our employees. Um, so that's that's one misconception that I'd love to break. Another one, of course, is that, you know, all of these development houses, like if, if if you are launching a tech startup, you should never have an outside development company. You should always bring development in-house. And whilst that could be true for like much larger, much more, you know, well-funded organization, 
you definitely do not need to have a development in-house, especially when you're first starting out. Mm -hmm. It's going to cost you a lot, but more than that, you're missing on huge value, which is access to people outside of your immediate project, right? When you work with Jet Rockets, even though your particular project may only be involved with five engineers, let's say, these engineers have access to all of my employees in case that they, you know, are struggling with certain technology or need another set of eyes in general. So you're kind of, you know, if you, if you think that, oh, I'm just going to hire a developer and that developer is going to do all of my work for you, for me, you're mistaking, you know, building a quality product requires you know, more than one engineer at the very least, in order to bounce ideas off of one another. I mean, engineers, just like everybody else, we don't work well in silos. You know, <laughs> we, we need to bounce ideas. We need to brainstorm. We need human interaction. Uh, but you also need, you know, you also need designers. You also need quality assurance. You also need project managers, DevOps engineers. I mean, there's so much going on behind the scenes to bring any of these platforms, you know, to, to, to fruition. Mm -hmm. um, another common misconception is that Oh, uh, well, you know, a few uh, related to what do engineers like or what do development companies have to deliver, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I unfortunately had a few situations where a new client would come over from another shop over to us. Um, and then they just, you know, they didn't have any documentation, mm -hmm. which is a big no-no. Like an engineering development company should provide you with you know, very good, thorough documentation of your project upon completion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Have, yeah, Go you ahead. have the right to demand that. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, I've heard situations where companies would hold clients' um, um, code as hostage, literally, like not releasing the source code. And again, it has to be, you know, obviously dealt with contractually, but most development firms, their service for hire, you know, clients mm -hmm. own own the source code. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Those are two really, or three rather, really interesting misconceptions that I imagine, you know, you hear often. I think that those are great to refute. And I appreciate you kind of diving a little bit deeper into each and every one of those. So, you know, Natalie, if people wanted to learn more about Jet Rockets, potentially partner with you, where would they go to learn more? Well, you can find me online at jetrockets.com. You can always find me on LinkedIn. Natalie Kaminsky. You can always email me, natalie at jetrockets.com. Fantastic. Well, Natalie, this has been a terrific conversation. I, pre all, I appreciate all of your insights, you know, your guidance, advice. I think this was terrific. And I really appreciate you being on Business Ninjas today. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, great to have you. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io w-r-i-t-e-f-o-r-m-e dot i-o and schedule a time to meet with us and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.